Hello and welcome back to the Little Philosopher's Den podcast. I'm your host, Canton Little, and today we're going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart, which is languages. But before we get started, I'd like to say thank you guys for you know listening and tuning into this podcast. I may not have a large, uh, large audience or anything, but I still appreciate those of you who've either found me or continue to listen to me. Uh, it it really uh, warms my heart. Uh, I do this simply because I love it, not out of you know any sort of uh, ulterior motive. I, I love talking about certain things I'm passionate about, and ultimately, it's that kind of passion that can help you get somewhere. Uh, for those of you who may or may not know, I do have an Instagram page, uh, Little Philosopher's Den, uh, and I also have a Medium uh, blog, which is uh, medium.com slash Canton uh, slash at Canton Little, which this blog, this podcast serves, uh, serves as a long form sort of discussion, whereas the Medium serves as a more condensed form of discussion. And with that being said, thank you, and let's get right into it. Languages are a very fascinating discipline. Languages have always been something I've been fascinated fascinated with uh, ever since I was a, ever since I was a kid. I remember going into restaurants or going into certain places and you know hearing people speaking you know Chinese or Italian or or uh, Spanish or really any other sort of language. It could be Thai, you know, Vietnamese, and always just thinking why why can they do that but I can't. You know, I because I always wanted I always wanted to be bilingual. I was always impressed with uh, the way that languages are formed, and um, as anyone who's read Genesis would know, you know, we always hear that the reason why there are so many different languages is because of uh, the Tower of Babel. And as a layman in linguistics, I certainly have no area to say you know where linguistics and all that has originated because I certainly don't know, and so I will respectfully withhold my opinion there. But whenever I was a boy, I always dreamt of being fluent in French and being able to read the classical languages of Latin and Greek and maybe even some Hebrew. But the uh, but uh, because everybody that I admired, every intellectual hero that I had uh, growing up knew French or knew Latin or knew Greek, and so I always felt that I needed to step up and get to a point of reason there or good of point of purpose there to where I could say, hey, I'm just as good as those who I admire. So where did I begin my journey with languages? I was about seven years old. Uh, my first love language or first language I fell in love with, I should say, was French. Um, my mother uh, actually studied French in university. She was a, not, not like at university as a major, but it was in the French club. And uh, her days, in her days of uni, my dad studied Latin a little bit during his university days. But of course, you know, my mom studied history, and my dad was studied chemistry. So I suppose that they both had their own uses there. But regardless, I always felt enraptured by the beauty of languages and the beauty uh, of French and its wit and its sarcasm, and also just the way that it kind of rolled off the tongue. I, I just felt enamored with it. I decided that one day I would eventually learn these languages. And well, I eventually did. <laughs> Lo and behold, I began learning them. Uh, in high school, I took about two years of French and I was also in the French club. Uh, my French teacher uh, was a fantastic, fantastic guy. 
absolutely adore him and you know i hope he's still doing well in fact uh, i keep in i keep in touch with him every now and then and um uh, i just wish that uh i wish that i spent a little more time uh with french um i can still remember all, all the uh the songs that we'd sing or the you know how we'd memorize the, the conjugations and certain phrases and in fact he's the reason why i've been inspired to want to be a teacher and to teach uh languages or just teach in general and university i've studied uh i'm currently studying japanese although i did study it my freshman year uh i also have studied uh latin i did that uh sometime last summer during an intensive course of course as you know i i'm a philosophy major but i do have my little areas of intrigue um latin was far more intense than i anticipated uh the different uh, the different uh conjugations and things like that or uh something that wrecked my brain something i definitely struggled with and i can read latin that doesn't mean i can fully understand or transliterate it or anything but i get and i can get a general idea and of course nobody speaks it so i don't really see why i'd be speaking it with french i would say i'm somewhere at a uh, I, I'm, I can have good conversation. Not that it'd be anything particularly deep, but I can still, you know, talk, uh, get basic ideas. I, I would be able to at least navigate around France. Is simply what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, uh, the reason I'm studying Japanese is because I want to go to Japan and teach English and write, you know, novels and do all that stuff. You know, my idealistic dream. Now, why should you learn a language? It's no secret that languages are, well, difficult to learn, uh, let alone to learn extremely well to the point of fluency. And as native English speakers, you know, why should we learn another language when ours is a lingua franca? And a lingua franca is a, uh, essentially just means that it's the most widely spoken, one of the most widely spoken languages. It's, it's uh, I mean, you know, English is one of the most common languages in the world, most one, one of the most widely taught other than Chinese. And well, I have three reasons why you should learn a language. One is learning languages challenge us. It's no secret that learning is a difficult task, regardless of what it is. I mean, we all have that terrible memory of math class or, you know, English class. However, all learning is not meant to be a terrible experience. Learning is, is a very, is a very good thing for us. And languages challenge us in a way that usually isn't noticed uh, in classroom settings. They challenge us to think in a different way. They challenge us to analyze how we communicate and how we, uh, how we talk, the way, that our, the way that we communicate with others and how our, how our language contrasts with our mother tongue and whatever the target language may be. Uh, and with Japanese, it's quite literally uh, an inversion of English with respect to the sentence structure. Uh, something I realized today in my Japanese class was I was absolutely uh, amazed that I love the simplicity of Japanese. I mean, I've, I've loved it for quite a while, but I love the simplicity of the of the sentences I can say because Mirakami is quite famous for doing this, but uh, Haruki Mirakami is a very famous uh, Japanese author who uh, in his first novel, Hear the Wind Seeing, he wrote it uh, in English. Uh, instead of Japanese, because he thought that the simplicity would help him find his find his voice, find his way. Uh, 
And as someone who, you know, I, I've read it and I'd say the simplicity, it, it has that kind of Mirakamian charm. And that's something I very much appreciate about the simple language, uh, simple sentences I can say. Um, and sometimes, and this is definitely hard as, you know, someone who has a lot of things who wants to say with respect to intellectual ideas or discussion forums or things like that is you have to slow down. You have to embrace the simplicity. You have to, you have to embrace the challenge. You can't just start, you know, quoting Shakespeare in another language. You have to start with my name is insert your name, or you have to start it. You know, you have to start with, uh, that's a cat. I have a pin. Korewa nekodis. Korewa pin dis. Like, it's just, it challenges us in a way, challenges us in patience, and challenges us to analyze language just a bit deeper. Number two, language is connected to culture. Anyone who's studied culture, who's studied history, understands that language is intrinsic to culture. Um, like I was talking about with Japanese, Japanese is very, uh, very culturally heavy. I mean, the same thing with English as well. Uh, Japanese is a very, pol uh, the Japanese people are very, uh, very polite. They're very courteous. And if you look at the way that the language structure is, that there's a lot of formality. In fact, the older you get into Japanese, the more formal it can get. Uh, there's like four or five different ways to say a single phrase, depending on your level of intimacy with another individual. It also depends on if they're older than you, younger than you, same age. There, there's a there's a lot of levels. Whereas in English, you know, we can say "Good morning, sir." Morning. Hey, what's up? You know, we have that general um, consensus. And as you know, uh, Americans are known as being uh, quite loud. Uh, very friendly, and we can see that reflected in our language. Sup, man? How are you today? And the British are, you know, known as being very polite, uh, very mild-mannered, and you can see that with their um, with their language. I'm not going to try to attempt a British accent. My roommate uh, always uh, <laughs> dogged me on that. Uh, you know, I know as an English speaker, mainly someone from America, we, I've heard the phrase, and I, I don't know how common this phrase is anymore. This might kind of show I'm a bit dated, but you're a Benedict Arnold. This That's related to American history, you know, and when we say that you're a Benedict Arnold, it just means that you're a traitor. Uh, this principle applies to other languages as well, not the, not the traitor, but, but the idea that that our language or cultural reference or, you know, certain references to history are, you know, just kind of intrinsic to the language as well. This can help us garner an appreciation of not only the language, but the culture uh, in a deeper sense. And number three, language, learning languages change us. Languages not only change themselves, but they also change us. And that, that's something I've noticed uh, as I've continued to study languages is that I become more culturally aware. I've started to understand uh, a country's history a little bit better. I've started to learn a little bit more about my personality. Um, it might be slightly anecdotal to say this, but I've noticed that depending on what language I'm speaking, my uh, my personality slightly shifts. If I'm speaking French, I can be a bit more sarcastic and witty. Uh, I can even be a little bit more uh, romantic in, in some ways. Uh, if I'm speaking Japanese, I become way more reserved and a bit more polite. And well, if I'm speaking Latin, nobody speaks Latin, so I don't really have to worry about that one. Uh, who knows? I might become a Roman. <laughs> Um, 
and you know, uh, depending if I change to if I change to a British accent, you know, that's my attempt at the British accent. You know, I can stereotype that all I want. <laughs> uh, regardless, uh, as a American, uh, I can. This is just my normal speaking voice. I'm not sure if I have much of a dialect or anything like that, but some people say I do, some people say I don't, and personally, I don't hear it. So, how should I approach uh, approach language learning? You might say. Well, I have 10 things that you should do. And note, please do not learn a language if you're not interested in the language. If you are, if you have no reason to learn a language, don't just learn a language for the sake of learning. Learn a language for the sake of the fact that you want to learn it. That will make this go by so much better. Number one is the most important thing. Make a goal. Why are you learning this language in the first place? What do you want to do with it? How much of the language do you want to learn? Do you want to become absolutely fluent and, you know, get certified and, you know, live over there? Or do you want to just have enough to where you can go order a cup of coffee in French? Excuse It just kind of depends on what your goal is. Personally, my goal with Japanese is I'd like to be fluent because I'd like to read Japanese literature. I'm very fascinated with the literature of Japan. Uh, it's very... It's very similar to British literature in terms of its sensibilities. However, there's something a bit more concrete or, or I guess, unsaid in some ways. It's a bit of an anomaly to me. Number two, learn the alphabet or the writing system. And then after that, you know, start with introductions and greetings and basic phrases like, uh, please, thank you, uh, yes, no, uh, things along those lines. Because this uh, will help you kind of get an idea of the degree degrees of language of course uh if you're doing any of the romantic languages uh or really any european language remember that there is a concept of gender within the language as in uh, uh masculine and feminine uh endings and such uh this is something that uh as an english speaker you know english doesn't really have that there's not really any sort of gendered language like in french the uh, a table is uh or you know, uh, it's just it's it's weird, but it's just something that you kind of have to get used to. Uh, number three, do not start with grammar. Do not start with grammar. That that will absolutely just it will make you not interested in the language. Um, learn the most common vocabulary first. Like learn the like most common thousand vocabulary words before you start with grammar. After that, I. Uh, number four, I would recommend to listen to native speakers on YouTube. Uh, depending on uh, your target language, there will be many different channels. Um, for French, there's a there's a learn learn French with Pierre, um, and for Japanese, I know there's um, Sora Sora the troll. He's pretty funny. Uh, he's he's a bit more of a satirical Japanese uh, YouTuber. Um, and there's also the Japanese man Yuta who does his um, who does uh, Japanese uh, for Latin. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, Latin channels, um, but I can't think of any off the top of my head, unfortunately. I think Lingua Lat Latina is uh, I think I think it's one. Um, number five, after learning some vocabulary, start reading children's books in the target language. You don't need to understand everything. I mean, the point of books is to constantly reread them. So you don't need to understand everything that is being said. 
And this is something hard for me as somebody who likes to understand what they're reading, um, but it does help. Uh, in my French three class back in high school, we read Le Petit Prince or The Little Prince, and it was very enjoyable and certainly is one of my all-time favorite books uh, because of the message that I had and you know the beauty of uh, Saint uh, Excellent. Uh, hang on, Antoine Saint Exupéry. Uh, very beautiful, uh, and I would recommend you know maybe starting with that or the Hungry Hungry Cal Caterpillar, children's stories that are quite popular in the Target and their languages Target country of origin. Uh, number six, now start learning basic grammar. That's when you start learning the present tenses, past tenses, future tenses, the conditionals. You know, learn some of the basic stuff. If then clauses, you know. Don't overwhelm yourself. You don't need to be a, like a grammarian or anything. You just need to learn uh, present, past, future, and some of the conditionals. Um, seven, start writing simple sentences in your target language. Adjust to the quirks of it. You know, uh, if your language, like Japanese, puts the object of the verb or the object, you know, in a different place from English, you know, start getting used to that because that's the way that they speak. No, it's just, uh, it's interesting to me anyway. Uh, eight, describe your morning routine in simple sentences. And as you progress, make the sentences more complex. And what I mean by progress is as you learn more of the language, make the sentences more complex. Uh, like I stated earlier, you know, you just need to make the sentences simple because simplicity is key. And most of the time, you'll notice that a lot of people in the native and the native language tend to speak a little more on the simplistic side than on the complicated side. Number nine, uh, I recommend watching TV shows, anime, move, or movies in, in that language, and have the subtitles on in that language uh, because it'll help you adjust to a reading speed, understand what they're saying, understand the grammar. Kind of, it's kind of a uh, communication or community. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much a huge um, or array of just language and what you've learned so far. Uh, 10, uh, use apps like italki or HelloTalk uh, to communicate with native speakers. Um, if you have the money, you could uh, go to the uh, country of origin and use language immersion. Uh, that That is always a very helpful thing is to always be immersed in language because that's essentially the way that you learn your native language is you hear a bunch of people making random sounds and you start mimicking those sounds, and then you come to understand, oh, hey, these sounds mean something, and these sounds make words, and these words have meaning, and these these words carry a, you know, a certain connotation, depending on how I say them and what structure I say them in, etc. Uh, a bonus tip is to attend a, a language school or take language classes at a university uh, or community college, because it will certainly help you. And, you know... I can't necessarily say that I know everything about learning and learning, but those tips are essentially everything that I've learned and that have helped me up until this point. Um, is fluency ultimately my goal with certain languages? I mean, with Japanese it is. Uh, with French, I just I don't I don't think I need to be fluent in French. Uh, with Latin, I don't really think anybody's fully fluent in Latin, but I'm I'm very much happy to be corrected on that point. Essentially, languages connect us to one another, and I hope that you, dear listener, fall in love or fall deeply in love with your language of choice 
because learning a second language is a very rewarding experience. Uh, it may have times of, uh, of hurdles and it might have times of confusion. It might have times where you might want to just give up on the language or throw the book um, across the room. But ultimately, it's still a rewarding experience because at the end of the day, you get to see how much you've, you've progressed, how much you've learned and how much you've grown as an individual. It's very similar to working out. If you look at um, if you look at uh, people who set a target to work out for six months to a year, and you and you see the the progress. I mean, day by day, you know, they may not change that much, but whenever you compare them from when they started to the end of that year, there's going to be a significant change. And that's just the journey of life. The journey of life, progressively day by day, it doesn't seem like much changes. And I can definitely say this for myself. It doesn't really feel like anything's changed. This past semester feels, you know, feels like it's just been a regular routine for, you know, the past, you know, 13 weeks. But as I've noticed, I've noticed that I've grown as an individual ever since the semester began. And I look back and reflect, I'm like, oh, wow, I've changed quite a bit. I've become a bit wiser. I've read a lot more. I've become a little more, well, uh, I've become a little bit more educated. I've become a little more aware of my surroundings. I've become a little more in tune with who I am as a, as a person. And there's something quite humbling and quite beautiful about that. So I encourage you, dear listener, to learn a language or to, to indulge learning of anything, really. Uh, but, you know, this whole conversation was about languages. And so I just think that um, that that would be quite useful. If you enjoyed this episode, I just hope that you uh, will, you know, rate and, you know, rate the rate the podcast and follow. Um, if you'd like to see more of what I uh, what I do, um, follow me at the, on Instagram at the Little Philosopher's Den and go to my medium dot uh, me go to medium dot com slash at Canton Little and you'll see more of my stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. My name is Canton Little and I'll see you guys later. Bye bye.